I just want to do God's will. What you're seeking is a blessing from God. You must expect a miracle. You have the power of choice. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to Life Today Live. You know, one of the topics that we hit here periodically, uh, and, and more so because it's 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 a it's a big deal and i think it's been growing especially since covid but it's it's the uh the topic of mental health and as we roll through the holidays here you know i know this is one of the toughest times of the year for a lot of people who struggle with anxiety and depression and loneliness and so i really want to uh offer you guys one number one some hope if you're struggling in that area there's hope if you have a loved one who is struggling in any of these areas there is hope and there is information that will help you uh help them and so that's what we're going to talk about today my guest today is deborah moore she is a mental health advocate uh she has had to face um these issues uh she has had to learn and she has helped a lot of people uh, on the other side of what she has learned so Buckle up. This will be a good one. This will be. This could be a life-saving one for you or a loved one. Deborah, great to have you here on Life Today Live. Thank you for having me so much. So, give me give the audience a little bit of background so they know where you're coming from. Why? How did you even get to the place where you're at today? Well, I have a mother who has had mental health issues, and uh, when I was a young child, she had mental health issues, and we didn't really know what was going on. We didn't know, nobody knew what was going on. She looked totally fine on the outside, and basically, um, some things started to happen that were not good things. Um, My mother was a Christian. She suffered from postpartum depression. Mm. She, the postpartum depression was not treated. The postpartum depression increased into psychosis. And then she became delusional and decided that we would all be going, going to heaven. Um, she questioned me about it. Hey, Debbie, you want to go to heaven? And I'm like, sure, why not? <laughs> I'd heard about heaven in Sunday school. Hey, it sounds like a great place. But I didn't realize what was going on. Yeah. And so basically some domestic violence occurred and I was shot three times in the back at close range. My brother was shot in three times in the back at close range. My mother shot herself in the head three times at close range. But due to the intervention of, I believe, the Lord, uh, we all survived. Wow. So that instance happened when I was seven. My brother was five. Basically... I turned my back on any type of mental illness after that. I didn't know what it was. I didn't want to know what it was. I didn't want to know anything about that. After I grew up, I got married. I had children. One of my children started exhibiting some familiar signs Mm -hmm. of mental illness to me. And I asked God, I said, God, no, no way. I'm done with this. I I did my time. I forget about it. I'm not doing this anymore. He said, oh, no, you are doing it. (laughs) You will do it. And so basically I went to a lady at my church and I said, look, I'm dealing with this. I need help. She said, come to our NAMI National Alliance of Mental Illness classes. They're called family to family classes and we can help you. And so that's what I did. I went to my first family to family class 
And it's a 12-week course that goes over all the major mental illnesses, all the mood disorders, all the major medications. It goes over the brain, the chemistry of the brain. It goes over empathy, communication, recovery, and all kinds of things that you need when you have a loved one with a mental health issue. Mm. And so I was wondering how these people at this class knew about what was going on inside my home privately at home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah. but they did know. <laughs> they did yeah. know exactly. And so I was able to get help. I was able to understand what my mother went through. The Lord used it as a very cathartic experience in my heart. I was able to forgive my mother. I was able to forgive everyone involved, including my father. I was able to then start praying for my father's salvation. And then ultimately, my father, who used to be an agnostic close to his death a few years ago, accepted Christ. Wow. And so this whole thing just broke with me when I started taking these classes. I started teaching the classes. Uh, Ten years, I taught over 500 family members Mm -hmm. how to handle mental health issues with their loved ones. And as you said, we're coming up on the season, the holiday season, Thanksgiving, Christmas, and that can be very difficult for people that have mental health issues and their loved ones. Uh, We need to have a plan. We need to say, hey, you know, we're having some people over for dinner. If you want to come out and, 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 and see everybody, please do. If not, Please um, stay in your room and we'll we'll let people know that you love them and that you're thinking about them and just allow them to save face. And if you're out of town, let give them the hotel room key and say, hey, if it gets too much for you, go down to the hotel and just we, we understand what's going on. And basically what I learned in these classes was we had a couple that had a young man in their life in their family and he was setting himself on fire his mental health issues were so out of control and basically after 12 weeks of this class um he was fine he had received some medication he'd received some prayer he'd received some counseling and he was in his right mind and he was clothed and it was literally a miracle wow and i've seen these miracles so many times i'm in a facebook group with kay warren of rick and kay warren Mm. saddleback ministry And she also uh, is a mental health advocate and trying to break the stigma of mental health difficulties. And basically what I have seen in my family after being an advocate, after learning, after understanding, after forgiving, the Lord has been so gracious to give my family members mental health recovery. (laughs) And that's a big word right there, Randy, because most people do not believe in that. But, but it is possible. It is possible to address the situation with proper communication, which may not be the same communication as you would use with your, with your loved one yeah, that yeah. don't have mental health difficulties. But you try to basically understand from their perspective, separate the mental health issues from your loved one, and then speak to your loved one and speak to them from how they are after they've been diagnosed with either depression or bipolar or schizophrenia and try to understand them as this new person. Maybe in your mind you say, we've adopted this new person into our family and we need to reach them. How do we reach them? And it's a different way of communication. Ask the Lord and the Holy Spirit to help your communication and help your words be mirroring 
to be non-judgmental, uh, to then get educated about mental health issues, either with the NAMI.org or Mental Health Grace Alliance is another Christ-based mental health uh, family-oriented organization. Yeah. And find out more as we have Google now. We can find anything out at any time. Yeah. And uh, be, be educated. Yeah. Um, yeah. Lack of information is not the issue. I think sometimes it's, it's the knowing which information is really going to help. I want to show people real quick. You mentioned NAMI. This is NAMI.org, N A M I.org. So if, if you heard Deborah talking about that and you're like, wait a minute, what is that? There it is, N A M I.org. You, you can uh, connect there uh, and, and go further with this. But I have to ask you, I have to ask you to back up for just a second. What happened with your mother? My mother uh, decided in a psychosis state, uh, she felt totally alone. And she felt that it was time for her because of the pain that she was going through mentally to take myself and her and my brother to heaven. Right, she right. went to a hardware store. She brought a, a gun and did this terrible thing, but she didn't understand what she was doing. She did have to go to a mental health facility, obviously. Okay. okay. And she was incarcerated in a mental health facility and unfortunately lived uh, as a homeless uh, individual for a long time. But she wound up getting the help that she needed. Okay. And it was a long struggle for her. And I did not want to, I do not want to see anybody else go through that long sure. struggle. I sure. want better results. Yeah. Were you guys able to have a relationship any time after that? We were. We were. And at one point when I was in college, she did live with me. Oh, wow. And um, closer to the end of her life, uh, my brother and my uncle went and got her from the mental health facilities where she was. And she was able to spend time with her family. And the Lord was very merciful to her. And she knew that I had forgiven her. Yeah. And she knew that I had then learned about mental health issues. And so I think that validated her. Because I think if your loved one has cancer, you're going to find out everything you can find out about cancer mm -hmm. to help your loved one. Mm -hmm. Well, what, what, what makes mental health dif uh, issues any, any different? Well, I'll tell you what I think, I think the answer to that question is, is we don't, we don't know what it is. Is it physical? Right. Is it, is it right. spiritual? Uh, is well, think about medical? the largest or right. Think about the largest organ on the spinal cord, the brain. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the brain and mental health difficulties, all these different classes of mental illnesses, all the different classes of mood disorders, they are all related to the body. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's just pure trauma that causes people mm -hmm. to have a mental health difficulty. Sometimes. It's seeing a loved one go through a mental health difficulty. You can have a reactive mental health difficulty to your loved one's difficulty. Wow. And uh, a lot of us have that, especially with COVID. And a lot of the young people, especially with the suicidal rates and COVID yeah. with the young people, uh, you know, we have to start breaking the stigma. And we have to, as Christians, again, uh, we have to take the, the baton and start helping our loved ones. Do, uh, do you or your brother have any residual effects from being shot? I mean, I'm, I'm guessing it was a low-caliber low caliber rifle. Caliber, I can't say it. it well, rifle it, was a, it was a handgun. It okay. was a handgun. I do still have a bullet in my spine oh. that was too close to my, my spine to be removed, but it does not cause me any problems. Okay. And that's why 
I wrote a screenplay called Walking Miracle because honestly, Randy, I shouldn't even be here. Yeah, okay? yeah. And so, and I want to get my film going. I want to get the faith-based film going. It's basically a biopic of my life to show other children hmm. who are maybe possibly in abusive situations or other families who maybe are in dysfunctional situations because of mental health. There is hope. Yeah, that yeah. the Lord can redeem you. He can restore you. You can get educated. You can be thinking about these things differently and you can yeah. have a better result. There is such a thing as mental health recovery. Yeah. And um, well, that's what I th think has, has kind of spurred me on to try to get into the faith film industry yeah okay now we're gonna you're teasing people a little bit but we're gonna talk a little bit about that at the end and and your multiple roles <laughs> on the chosen right. which people love right. uh and and how you've kind of parlayed that into the the arts which is beautiful because it reaches and communicates with people but let's let's finish up with as much as we can let's, let's keep going on the on the mental health uh aspect of this um because you talked about learning as much as you can I'll, I will say, though, that, that the information can be a little overwhelming and you're not sure what's what, even when you read through it. Um, right. if, if someone has that loved one, uh, especially if it's undiagnosed, because I think that's right. the tougher one, one. Once if there is a diagnosis, mm -hmm. then it, there's some clarity there. You know, if you name it, you can deal with it. Um, but if there's just some something. something some difficulties. If you're, you're in struggling. a gray area, you don't know what to do. If you're like in a gray area. Yeah, yeah. What do you, uh, how what do you do? How do you, how do you talk to that person, uh, especially well, if they won't uh, get a diagnosis? Sometimes I know that right. happens. Right, and 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 a lot of our loved ones are uh, psychiatrist resistant, medication resistant, counseling yep. resistant. Yep. yep. It, it, there's a stigma that somehow they picked up somewhere well, along the their church lives. Is, that, the church is giving it out a lot. You know that. Christians can have depression. I mean, it is an absolute fact, but there's still a stigma there. Mm -hmm. And so when our loved ones are, are, are resistant to help, it can be the most difficult trying experience for them and for us. One thing that we can do is the upside down forgiveness of Jesus Christ. Um, he forgave people and forgives people for the most unbelievable things. Mm -hmm. When our loved ones are not diagnosed and they're not getting help, they are going to do some very unusual, maybe mean, maybe desperate things. Mm -hmm. Look at my mother. Look what she did. Yeah. And we have to apply. We must apply the forgiveness to that, which means if we really do forgive and we really do say, look, I understand. I, I know you didn't want to use those words that profanity. I, I know who you are. You're a loving person. You're an intelligent person. You're a sweet person. Mm -hmm. And, and I forgive you <laughs> and then really forgive them. <laughs> right. Right. And, and then get some education on it. Uh, you can pretty much diagnose nowadays. If your loved one has depression, they can be lethargic. They cannot want to take a bath. They cannot want to talk to anybody. They can want to isolate. You can pretty much diagnosed bipolar they're up they're down they do uh 
you know, things that don't make sense. They may be hyper-religious. They may be hypersexual. They may be whatever. You can pretty much, and if you have that happening right before your eyes, you know, you can investigate a little bit, especially on the NAMI website. There's some incredible information that can help you, that can cut through all the the white noise on the um, online. But basically, as you become educated, and as you become more of a mental health advocate and understand more about what might be going on with your loved one, the way you perceive them and the way you speak with them and the look in your eye and the tone of your body language when you talk to them will change. Yeah, right. <laughs> and they're so perceptive. They're empaths. And they will pick up on that. And when they pick up on that you are doing something different just for them, Wow. That's going to make an impact. Are there any common things that we tend to do or say that we think are helpful but are completely not? Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Uh, I didn't raise you like this. Yeah. What's wrong with you? Oh. I didn't teach you how to do that. Yeah. Are you crazy? Oh, gosh. <laughs> A, excise the word crazy out of your vocabulary. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Divorce, the word crazy. <laughs> yeah. And think about it as you would any other health crisis, any other health issue. And you wouldn't accuse someone that had diabetes and say, well, you just ate too much sugar. That's what's wrong with you. Any accusatory, even just the slightest accusatory. Hmm. Oh my goodness. You cannot use that with your loved one. Yeah. You cannot. Yeah. I have possibly sent uh, uplifting memes, cell phone, I love you every day, uh, something that they're interested in. If they like um, modeling, a modeling picture, if they like, uh, you know, football, <laughs> a football meme, whatever, yeah. just every day you're giving this them a little bit of encouragement and then they let you in just a little bit more. Yeah. And then possibly you yourself, whoever you are, go to counseling yourself to learn how to deal with your loved one. And and maybe you say, hey, you know, my counselor wants a family meeting. Do you mind going in hmm. so our family can help you and come around you and come around our family and, and, and get us to the next step with whatever this is? Yeah. And, and just come up with creative ideas like that. That That's that's another difficult one for people that don't want to go. Uh, right. But do, now do, there's it, Zoom. OK, let me. Yeah, I, I know. Uh, let me ask you this, though, because you know what? You hear this so often. Uh, and I mean, I think I don't want to speak for for others, but I, I know some people who have lost someone because they took their own life. Right. Right. And they and they say, I mean, the regret, the man, if I would only known, if I'd have realized how bad it was, That's I right. would have. I would have dragged them into a, a psych ward or a hospital right. or a counselor or whatever because right. because you, you you really would, but those that's too late, you know. Uh, how do you and and that's I think where a lot of the fear from people who have a, a loved one know someone who is struggling in, in some capacity that fear creeps in real fast. Right. How, and so basically, how do you get somebody if, help when they won't don't seem to want it? Okay, if. You have lost a loved one to suicide. Mm -hmm. uh, you have to grieve them and forgive yourself for anything that you may not have done. Mm. You cannot know what you do not know. Yeah. 
And please remember that. You cannot know what you do not know. That's why I am such an advocate for education. The other thing is if you have a loved one that has suicidal ideations or that you think may be having suicidal ideations, you must speak with them about that. And it does not make them more suicidal, no. You must say questions like, hmm. are you thinking about ending your life or about suicide? And if they say no, say, are you sure? Because somehow I pick up from you that you are. And if they say, well, yeah, I did think about this. And then say, well, do you have a plan? Hmm. At first, it's going to be scary for you because yeah. everybody thinks, Oh, I can't talk about it. Oh, it's going to be worse. But it's the same thing as what we do in our lives as a Christian. You have to address. You have to address things. You have to lay it out before the Lord. And you have to say, open it up. And then Satan doesn't have power. And basically, you say, well, what is your plan? Well, I plan to do A or B. Well, have you uh, started preparing for that? Um uh, have you gotten have you gotten to the next step in preparing for that? Right. Uh, check their history on their laptop. Check mm. their history on their phone. Have they been doing this? Have they been investigating this? Mm. And if they say yes, say, well, you know, um, you can talk to me about that. I'm not afraid of that. Mm. I'm afraid that I would be separated from you if you did something like that. But you know what? I'm a safe person to talk to mm. about that. And just just put on your 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 courage and just just disregard the fact that you're talking to your loved one about ending their life mm. and just speak with them about that. Also, if your loved one has shared with you that they are planning something, you then have legal uh, capability to call a crisis intervention team at your local city police department and tell them that my loved one is a harm to themselves and others, and they will come out and get your loved one some help, which I highly recommend. Okay. Okay. That's not, that, uh, some people would feel like they're betraying their loved one, but you're saying exactly you're not betraying the opposite. Them. You help them. You're not betraying them. You're helping them. Let me tell you another thing. Some of these some of these um, in uh, inpatient behavioral health hospitals are free. Hmm. Dallas Behavioral Health is free. Parkland is free. Hmm. Parkland gives you a federal patient advocate. If your loved one is in and out of the hospital, if they if they are uh, you know a serial in the inpatient hospital, Parkland will um, assign you a person on Metrocrest on Westmoreland in Dallas to the ACT team. This team will come to your house and deliver your loved one's medication. They will give your loved one psychiatric care. They will give your loved one counseling. They will give your loved one blood work for the medication that they are taking. They will give your loved one uh, injections for the mental health issue that they have. And if they need it, it will be free. Wow. Okay. And now that this is huge. Yeah, that's great. I mean, that's great for anyone in Dallas. Is that common across the U.S.? It is common okay. across the U.S. Okay. Whoo! Wow. Uh, now I this is I've had a lot of conversations. This is some of the best, most helpful information I've heard. Thank you. I'm so glad. <laughs> I do want to ask you um, about the film stuff because I know you have a real you you love film. 
<laughs> right? Yeah, what's I the do. what's the screenplay that you're trying to get someone to pick up and, and make into a film right now? The screenplay is called Walking Miracle, and it is based off of my life, um, dealing with the mental health issues that I have had to deal with because of my mother. Mm -hmm. It is also based on the redemptive love of Jesus Christ because it's a faith-based film, mm -hmm. which means that your loved ones that have mental health issues really need your forgiveness most of all. Mm. <laughs> and, and, and if you can, through the love of Jesus Christ, give them that forgiveness. If you can forgive yourself, if you can forgive them, if I, I forgave my mother, I forgave my father, I forgave my relatives for turning their back and letting this soul situation happen. If you can give that forgiveness and receive that forgiveness, this whole movie is about, you can you can go on with your life. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't have to be the end. Yeah. And the fact that I really should be dead, that I shouldn't even be talking to you, that I shouldn't even be giving any of this advice, mm. that's God right there. That's God. That's God's glory. Yeah. And I want to give God all the glory in the faith-based film that I've written, also the faith-based films that I am a screenwriter to, and also to... Um, one of the ones that I did this year is called The Chosen. Yeah. I don't know if you heard of it. Yeah, we've talked to a few of them. No, so, so yeah, I heard. So I heard this on the set uh, that the extras and background characters, um, and even some of the lead actors that aren't in a particular scene, will go and put on a beard or put on a, and and be a background or extra kind of thing. And so, like, you're. <laughs> Some of these people, yeah, I mean, this guy plays this person. But he may also be 12 other people throughout this, this season. It's really kind of funny. So how many parts have you played on The Chosen? Well, let's see, Randy. I was a refugee. I was a villager. I was a pilgrim. I was a Roman citizen. <laughs> and they were all awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's hysterical. Yeah, we don't... But the thing... Go ahead. The thing with The Chosen is, is that they accept people. Uh, Dallas writes it in and the other writers write it in with flawed individuals in the yeah. cast. Mm -hmm. So Matthew has Asperger's. Guess what? Mm -hmm. That's a mental health issue. Mm -hmm. Mary has uh, depression at uh, what has happened to her. She has trauma. She has mm -hmm. PTSD. Yep. Guess what? That's yep. a mental health issue. Yep. Little James has a physical disability. Yep. Um well, okay, people can be disabled from mental health issues as well. Peter has issues with money. I mean, debt. I mean, not being able to fish on Shabbat, you know, the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And they're so great at The Chosen to, to, to portray individuals from the Bible as real people. Mm. And honestly, they may not realize what they're doing with this, but they're breaking the stigma for mental health issues yeah, with yeah, this. That's very cool. They really are. They're going a long way to do that. And, you know, for me, it was a once in a lifetime blessing and life blessing to be in it. I hope to be in it again in season four. And I just admire them for really taking the, the, the challenge yeah. of saying, okay, Matthew may have had Asperger's. Yeah. Um, your loved one may have that. Okay, Jesus loved Matthew. Yeah, yeah. Love your loved one too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and and used. Uh, yeah, I, part of the where they got that because the actor who plays Matthew does not ha have it, but no, they got that from looking at the writing by going, "Why is he so hung up on these details?" 
and right. and and they go it sounds like he could be on the spectrum somewhere right it does and but the one thing that i mean i'd never thought about that before i don't know i don't have any connection to any of that so i don't think in those terms but you look at it and go okay if he did he would be, behave this way he would write this way and he if would. he did and jesus chose him he chose him knowing that he would behave and write that way and Jesus saw the value in it because Matthew goes exactly. through the lineages that no one else goes through, that no one else cares about. But he's very right. fastidious, which is actually, 2,000 years later, great. It is. Yeah. So that's wild. Okay. And, and so it, many people. Go ahead. I mean, so many people, even in the Bible, uh, you know, David, uh, you know, he had depression. He cried out to yeah. the Lord to help him. Oh, he's um, up and down so like crazy. So many times in his life. Yeah. Right? Oh. It's, it's um, I, I don't know why we always bury our head in the sand, and especially in the church. And I think it's because uh, we we attribute something spiritual. It's almost, it is, it is, I think, like saying, um, well, okay, my, both my retinas have detached in the past, you know, uh, several years apart. And it, it's like in the church, we're still like the disciples that go, well, who sinned, this guy or his parents? You know, it's like, but I'm like, I didn't do anything to make my retinas detach. I sure as heck didn't sin. Exactly. It's just our bodies are not perfect. They're not. And you won't catch me saying derogatory things about my mother. Hmm. Hmm. Because I understand now. Yeah. I have had a, a huge, huge education, both spiritually and mentally and emotionally, and I, I feel for the pain that she was in, mm. but I also feel for the pain that other people are in that have mental health issues. Yeah. And so does Jesus, by the way. Absolutely. And if you think about all of the people in the world, one in four, four, one in four have a mental health difficulty. Wow. So that's pretty much everybody. So we need to learn how to deal with it. Well, if, if it's not you, just take a look around, right? You'll find, exactly. you'll find someone who is. Now, your child, I'm, I need to wrap this detail up. You, you mentioned yes. that you, you saw some things in your child. How did? How has that turned out for you? It's turned out awesome. That's um, great. Our child had a lot of anger issues, a lot of mental health issues. Um, she was uh, in and out of the hospital, uh, behavioral health, uh, just inordinate amount of time and once we started going to nami my husband and i we started addressing her differently we got her help mm. um it, we made sure that she was helped she got counseling she got inpatient long-term inpatient help she got medication she got education she uh, graduated from high school she got a job she's had a job now for like six years she mm. bought her own townhome she bought her own car <laughs> i mean she is living in mental health recovery yeah praise the lord yeah wow i i i love that uh and i really do appreciate the information i know it's helping people and will continue to help people as they watch it if this has helped you feel free to leave a comment we always appreciate that uh and absolutely share uh definitely Hit that share button uh, for someone you know who may be struggling, and especially if you have someone who, who has a loved one that, that is struggling. Let's and go watch The Chosen, November 18th. <laughs> and, go, and go watch The Chosen, yeah. Uh, we love, we, I do love The Chosen here. 
Deborah, is there anything else that you want to mention that, that I have not mentioned? I appreciate your time and expertise, by the way. I, I so much appreciate being able to have this um, opportunity mm. to give families hope. Yeah. Um, because sometimes when your loved one has a mental health issue, you just have no hope. Mm. And you think this is the end of their lives. This is the end of my life. Mm. But it is not the end. Mm. <laughs> Well, and things can get better and things can turn around. And you are a living testimony of that, a walking. I am. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you again for being with us. Appreciate all you guys out there watching. Uh, if you haven't hit uh, subscribe or like uh, or follow, we always appreciate that. And you can catch us on all the different social medias, uh, Twitter, Twitch, LightSource. Uh, it's a great website, by the way. If you haven't checked out LightSource, do that. Uh, as well as Facebook and YouTube. We'll see you again next time. No man comes to the Father but by me. The only way to God is Jesus Christ.